0: Thanks for joining us once again here at NapaBroadcasting.com, our ongoing coverage of election 2016. Right now we're uh, continuing our focus on the second district supervisorial race here in Napa. It's my pleasure to be joined by the longtime incumbent in that seat, Napa County Supervisor Mark Luce. Mark, thanks so much for coming in. Hi, Jeff. It's really good to be here. Thank you. It's always great to have you here. You want to keep doing this? Why? Yes. Well,
1: I I asked myself that same question. (laughs) I'm sure your (laughs) wife asked you that Uh, question, too.
0: Um,
1: But, and I think the answer is, you know, I just have a lot of uh, ownership, if you will, Mm -hmm. in what we've been doing. We've done a lot of good things, um, but there's uh, still a lot more that I would say is at risk as we move forward. And and I just have a real interest in, in just seeing Napa stay on track and and not go off the deep end and
0: do you think that we're in better shape now in terms of the issues before the county and some of the problems that we're facing that we're in better or worse shape than we were four years ago or eight years ago or even 12 years ago when you were on yeah, the yeah we're, we're definitely
1: in better shape uh, we got a sort of a new set of issues they're issues that have a lot to do with our success now we've uh Got a lot of uh, job generating uh, businesses in our community that's creating traffic, that's creating uh, pressure on housing. And uh, so I think, you know, four years ago we all would have agreed job generation is a really good thing. And uh, so we've seen that. So now we're dealing with the other side of that, which is uh, some of the pressures related to that. Um, but we've seen progress on flood control, we've seen progress on the reclaimed water project. Um, you know, we saw Measure T pass, which gives us hope that we're going to have funding. Well, it gives us certainty that we're going to have funding in a couple years to start uh, repairing their roads the way they should be. Uh, so there has been a lot of progress in in the last four years, um, but every four years brings its new challenges. And so now we're looking at the challenges, of success,
0: and yet with all of that progress there is a sense and i don't think this is necessarily true when you're out there knocking on doors and right. talking to people but there's a sense that the people are angrier that there's more frustration with what's been going on with that success that you're talking about it's unclear how widespread that is i
1: would say going door to door that it's pretty widespread that people are actually very uh, happy with where is at they're happy to be here um, they're happy with the opportunities that are created here, and they want to see that continue. Um, I do, you know, hear an occasional um, frustration. Uh, there's things we need to improve. Uh, you, know, a, uh, you know, our environmental concerns are, are always there, and, and trying to find uh, better uh, answers to those things is always a challenge. Um, but in general, um, I think NAPA is happy as a citizen group that Napa County is still uh, agricultural treasure. That's what they want to see, and that's what they want to see us continue.
0: And what about all the concerns that really go to the heart of that success in terms of, of too many wineries, too much tourism, and a lot of the noise that we're hearing out there? So, yes. So, you
1: know, we spent the last year really talking about that because right. I don't think we were ignoring that issue. Uh, we really wanted to understand what was going on with winery growth and whether the proper controls were in place to really uh, Uh, allow us to arrive where we want to be in 25 years. And with much discussion uh, at all levels in terms of uh, ideas as well as implementation issues, I think we arrived at a solution that's actually relatively simple and yet really important, and that is just much stronger enforcement. Uh, This uh, process that we're going to go through of requiring wineries to uh, certify under penalty of perjury that they're in compliance with their use permit, um, will be very important. It will then allow the 75% rule, that is any new winery has always been required to have seven, process 75% Napa Valley grapes. That's what justifies a new winery and this enforcement approach will assure that that actually has teeth, and that will be a self-regulating factor in terms of whether or how many new wineries there will be.
0: In terms of rules and regulations, particularly regulations for wineries, there's been a lot of talk about the process being too complex, that we somehow need to simplify all of this.
1: Yes, well, I would agree, and yet uh, much of that process is out of my control. It's, you know, it's a California Environmental Quality Act that requires uh, uh, notification, requires that we study a whole host of issues. Uh, it, it opens the door for all kinds of debate and uh, and so that part of the process is um, sometimes very challenging. Uh, I think there's many people who think it needs reform because it doesn't seem to actually be as much about environmental protection as it is just stopping projects from moving forward. That being said, there doesn't seem to be a pathway to significant reform unless you're building a new arena in Sacramento or somewhere else. So so um, so that so we would like to see a more streamlined process. We're actually looking for smaller wineries to find a more streamlined process where um, they don't have to go through all the complexities that a larger winery might have to go through. Um, uh, so uh, so we recognize that it is a complex process, but it's not unique to Napa. It's California.
0: I mean, is something wrong with the system when, and regardless of where you stand on, on the Walt Ranch project, something is wrong with the system when you look at an applicant who's had to spend $4 million to yeah. get to the point that it's at today?
1: For 200 acres of agriculture, right. and or 250, and so... Um, I agree that whether you are in favor of Walt Ranch or opposed right. to it, it shouldn't have taken us as long as it's taken us to get here. That, uh, that kind of environmental review and study, uh, should happen over a period of a couple years, three at the most. Um, and so, uh, we, we, uh, just need to press on, but again, there's so many complexities related to that in terms of, uh, the applicant actually understanding what's needed, hiring the right contractor to get it, uh. Public comment, which identifies new issues, uh, so there's um, it's, it's just not as easy as you'd like to think. So,
0: is there anything that can be done, in your view? Is there yeah. anything that the county can do? Is there anything in the process that can be done to make that process less onerous and still pr- would provide all the appropriate protections?
1: Well, one of the things we we need to do, and I think we also took this direction uh, under these. Uh, Agricultural Protection Advisory Committee recommendations was to have uh, less uh, discretion in terms of interpretation by staff. For instance, I think we talked about how much of the outdoor area of a winery is gonna be considered uh, for visitors as opposed to agriculture, and and with some sort of limits around that. Well, that would've taken, I think, would've put the staff person in a significant dilemma of trying to interpret what that meant which probably would have resulted in a lot of back and forth, particularly if it was a controversial winery as to what was what. And so I think the more we can um, be very specific about our criteria that really is sort of checklist format, that you can just look at something and, and know with certainty that it is met or not met, uh, the better. Uh, the more discretion that's allowed... Um, is uh, in some ways good. Discretion can allow you to do some more creative things, but that also means there's going to be more time involved in
0: um, working through the process. I want to talk a little bit about the process and, and what I perceive, at least, to be that the rhetoric has gotten ratcheted up in all of these discussions of late. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Walt Ranch. That was perhaps the most recent example. But there have been a lot of others where the, the language it's at some of these meetings and, and the anger has really ratcheted up to a point where it's become personal in some cases.
1: Yeah, that seems to be uh, the nature of debate these days. Um, I even see on Facebook comments people who are commenting with sounds like radical certainty about what they're talking about, and yet they're totally disconnected from the reality <laughs> of what that post was about. And so, um, and, you know, the assertion that, you know, everybody's dying of cancer, and yet there's no nexus to anything that that's actually going on in the Valley right. to any of this. And so... Um, So that doesn't mean we dismiss that, but it's almost, you know, for many people, it's already conclusive that that wineries and vineyards are responsible for this. And and so it's that level of um, asserting beliefs as though they were truth. Uh, Well, maybe that's always happened, but it just seems louder and more strident these days.
0: And and a little more rude, and a little more ad hominem attacks that are happening at these meetings. Do you, I mean is there something that I mean in your personal view is there something the board should do to, to really try and tamp that down a little bit in some of these meetings? Um,
1: I think it it does sort of fall into the hands of the chairman to uh, deal carefully. I mean I think at one level you need to respect people even if they don't say things in the tone that you'd want them to say that, and so you need to respect that, Uh, but at the same time, uh, maintain a certain decorum in terms of minimizing personal attacks and the like. uh, I don't know that there's any unique solution other than just continuing to treat people with respect, and hopefully uh, over time that, that's honored by the people who are showing up to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to talk a little bit about uh, th- this winery situation that we've been talking about in this ongoing discussion. It was part of the APAC discussion, and it's certainly you know much of what's been talked about over the last year and a half, two years, and, and whether or not there has been enough understanding and incorporation of the way the the wine business has changed. I mean, certainly you've heard at so many right. meetings now, we've all heard how the business has changed, distribution has changed, direct marketing is more mm-hmm. and more critical. Is that something that you think that the board needs to be mindful of as yes. it makes decisions for going forward?
1: Yes, and uh, and I think we are. Um, and I think that's really, again, part of the reason we arrived at the conclusions we did Um so uh, we've been really fortunate you know as you sort of hear all the commentary and you put the pieces together and then looking back you see you know we've been really fortunate in that you know we had a goal of preserving agriculture and it's just because it's agriculture to protect the land and uh, and preserve that and so that's why i've been involved as long as i have been involved and that turned out to be a very unique thing around the world Uh, and so uh, what has happened is people who are tourists, come to have unique experiences, yeah, experiences they can't find somewhere else. And so our desire to preserve the Valley for Agriculture has also made it a tourist attraction, though that wasn't the intent, I can tell you, uh, 25 years ago when we did this. Um, so that's, that's the reality. We are a tourist attraction because of our agricultural preservations. And, um, at the same time, that ag requires that not only you grow the grapes, but you process it and turn it into wine and sell it at a profit. Otherwise, those grapes aren't worth anything and they soon turn into housing. And so it, it is really important that we're good partners with the people who actually take that agricultural product and bring it to market. And I, I think we're all very aware that that direct-to-consumer marketing, which goes in hand-in-hand with that unique tourist experience that people are looking for, um, is, is a very important aspect of how... Uh, that our product is delivered to market and so uh, yes we have to recognize it, embrace it, and accommodate it uh, while at the same time being very respectful of the neighbors who are affected by it. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you think overall that the APAC process was was a good one, a successful one in terms of its outcome at this point? Yes, I think
1: uh, it was actually relatively short, you know, in less than a year we had a very significant discussion with uh, many stakeholders involved and had had their points of view laid out on the table so I think everybody understood where people were coming from. We had a good set of recommendations but ultimately that had to be filtered through uh, the eyes of what could be legally defended and what could be enforced and so that ultimately did lead to some changes but I think um, the goal of looking 25 years down the road, and coming up with solutions that were going to bring a lot more certainty that we're going to continue to have the ag treasure that we appreciate today, Uh, that goal was achieved. And I think with this enforcement approach, um, as well as uh, some of the other uh, things we'll be doing, uh, we'll bring certainty that um, we'll continue to be the Napa Valley uh, tomorrow that we are today.
0: Were there any things that you would have liked to have seen emerge from the APAC process that didn't? either because it wasn't focused on or it didn't have enough of a consensus, but things that you think might have been a good idea? You know,
1: actually, I'm very pleased with it. The ideas that came out were not what I was thinking, but they make a lot of sense. Uh, The the one uh, was the uh, identification that we really don't have any controls on how much land housing takes, and every parcel that can be accessed in the unincorporated county can have a house built on it and those can have as much of an impact in terms of of, I mean we do have a viewshed ordinance but still you know a lot of large houses on hillsides can have a big impact on our viewshed can have a big impact on uh, uh, roads and erosion and other things and so the idea that we're going to take a more focused look at uh, how large an area is allowed to be developed into housing on a given parcel and perhaps bring a little more constraint on that is actually an outcome ahead hadn't anticipated, but is very much part of trying to preserve this agricultural county that, that we appreciate. Mm-hmm.
0: Is, there an, is there a step two now that APAC is pretty much Well, done? yes.
1: I mean, so, well, and that was part of APAC was identifying those steps. And so now we're going into a period where we're getting people into compliance. Uh, we need to work with our, our wineries to, uh, in a sense, a uh, sort of a moderate grace period here where people can come in and open up their uh their permits and and explain to us what they think they say and we'll explain to them what we think they say and then we need to uh, come to one mind in a very uh, peaceful way if you will as to what they do say so that uh, once we get to the point of uh, hard and fast enforcement everybody's on the same page so so that's one of the steps that we need to go
0: through Isn't one of the problems that all of these permits because they've been done over such a long period of time that what was the sort of the law of the land 15 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, isn't quite the same today. Interpretation is even well, different. Well, that's, yes.
1: And so, you know, there's things that I thought were totally understood in terms of pre-WDO, what qualified as an existing use versus a non-existing use at that time, and therefore what you're allowed to do thereafter. Um, thought that was understood by everybody who you know, walk the ground here in Napa, but um, <laughs> but not that doesn't seem to be the case, and so we just need to clarify some of those misunderstandings. I think there's a lot of people who want to believe something different, um, so we just that's why we have the issues we have is that uh, that we need to just be clear and and uh, definitive on
0: what can and can't be done. How difficult is it when there are. Individuals and, and groups that are there in front of the board, and you've been doing this a long time, that are opposed to every single project. I, I mean, how does that, okay, yes. how does that help or hurt the system? I mean, it is it is the reality though today. Well,
1: and I guess this is where you just do your best to keep listening. If I can, you know, just listen and listen and listen, uh, recognizing that a lot of what's being said is is make believe, um, but hopefully something that will be said is is worth hearing and that there may be an issue that they're bringing up that is legitimate uh, that we need to take action on. So uh, so in those circumstances, I just do my very best to just keep listening, listen hard. Um, from my own experience, I can sort of separate the wheat from the chaff and, and uh, hold on to those things that are legitimate issues and, and take action on them.
0: And that was really the next question I was going to ask you. Is that harder to do or easier to do today than it was all those many years ago when you first went on the board, oh, I mean, no, does, yeah. the, does the experience help you listen better or is it there a sense of, which wouldn't be hard to understand, that I've heard it all before and it's harder to listen in some ways.
1: Um, well, maybe every individual is different. For me, I think it's it's easier. I think uh, I, I over the years you recognize that there's two sides to every story uh, and that these issues are complex. I think i able to bring to bear the experience of having walked down some of these paths before and, and seen the outcomes, so I know what to anticipate and, and uh, therefore warn against. Um, so for me it's perhaps easier because uh, I'm just able in my mind to sift through the, the information quicker recognize something that is important in the middle of all of that, and uh, at the same time,
0: not overreact
1: to some of the assertions and accusations.
0: I mean, and, and that there's a certain responsibility that comes with the fact that I suppose you are the senior member on the board now. And if you're reelected, you're still going to be you still the will senior member. Yes. And uh-huh. there'll even be one new member on yeah. the board talk a little bit about that I mean there's a certain institutional knowledge and a certain responsibility that arguably comes with that
1: yes and uh, of course every elected whether they're their first year or their 20th year plus um, is their own person and is has their own uh, right to make their decision in the way that they will and uh, and so that just needs to be recognized there's no Uh, I'm not running for emperor or anything but uh, I hope that and I think uh, through my experience uh, I think I can share my experience and if it's respected which I hope it will be uh, they'll respond accordingly and if we've got good electives like I think we will um, you know they'll hear me they may not agree with me on everything but they'll hear why I'm concerned about a certain path or why I think a certain path is the right direction and, and I'll share that as best I can from why I think that and um, so I think that'll be important in terms of helping us stay on the track. Um, you just look at other counties, other cities, and you see so many of them who sort of disintegrate into uh, almost juvenile food fights in a way. And, and, and I would hate to see, and I'm not saying that would happen here in Napa, but th- those are one of the things that I think I can help guard against, uh, hopefully by bringing people back to uh, what has worked in the past, what hasn't worked, and, uh, and what's the proper course for our citizens.
0: We, one of the, we've talked a little bit about this before, and I, I know kind of wh- what your thoughts are, but I want to sort of touch on it again briefly, and that is what you think relationships are between the city and the county right now, and there there are some that say there are problems, some that, that argue that it's working pretty well. We, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, I, I look at it basically as, you know, what's the result? Uh, what is it we're working on, and are we making progress? And, uh, and so I, I think the answer is yes, we're working on all kinds of things. The Sanitation District, which has two city council members, and, uh, and I was a board member on there up until a year uh, or so ago. Uh, we pushed and now have uh, reclaimed water projects going to our, our different areas, and that was anticipation that we, we need more water options, and that was a success uh, of us working together in that joint powers authority. Uh, we work together on affordable housing all the time. The county contributes millions of dollars to new housing projects in a traditional format of uh, buying property and building uh, deed-restricted rental property for low, for low income. Uh, the county, you know, with our work proximity housing program uh, helps people who live in the city of Napa uh, to buy homes in the city of Napa, I'm, uh, who are renting there and working there but now they can buy homes. So it's, it's not exclusive to just people who work or live in the county outside of city limits. Um. Uh, we work on uh, all kinds of different, ages. it's hard to just sort of pull them all up, mm-hmm. but, it, but uh, I think we work together. I mean, even on roads, I was just talking to one of our roads workers, you know, we share equipment, uh, you know, that they have a grinder that we need, they, they, they make it available. So, you know, our road departments work well together. I know our sheriff and our police work well together. I'm on the Criminal Justice Committee, and, and Chief Potter and, and, is, and Chief Milton before that uh, sits on that committee, and they're key players, and we work together well with uh, defining, uh, you know, how uh, uh, a person, a criminal or an inmate is, is released, what's the process that they go through, and, uh, and reducing recidivism through that program. Um, Waste Management Authority sit together with a a city council member on the Napa Valley Waste Management Authority we paid off all of our debt we're debt free there and now we're paying for road improvements in that area uh, with cash so um, you know you just go down a long list and then there's this is probably a third or even less than that of all the things that the city and county work together on and we work together great And I've asked for, so could you give me some examples where we're not working well? Mm -hmm. And the two examples that I've heard are, well, Napa Pipe. And yet I think, well, Napa Pipe is went exactly how the city wanted it to and basically on their schedule. And so Costco is gonna be annexed. Uh, Very few counties would allow a Costco to be annexed to a city. They'd wanna hold that revenue to themselves. Uh, but we're doing that, uh, so that development's moving forward because the city and the county work together well. Um, and then I hear Walt Ranch as an issue, and yet Walt Ranch is a, is a subject that's not even before the board. It's before our planning uh, director as a, an administrative decision, and he won't even render his decision till June. So it would have been inappropriate for me to have any really discussed it with anybody else at this point. So I haven't heard any examples. I hear the discussion, but I haven't heard any examples of where we're not working together, and uh, just not sure why that is other than as I talk to other supervisors in other counties there is always a tension between a county and its city council in a in a rural county like Napa because cities wanna annex land and they look at the things that are going outside their borders and they're very and this is not just Napa it's everybody uh, they're kinda resentful for anything happening outside their borders they just sort of see the county as a reserve city land if you will Um, and so there's always been there's always a natural tension I think there if you go to our LAFCO meetings that's where you're going to see tension between uh, the city and the county where um, the county is in the position of having to say no uh, sometimes to the city's aspirations in that way
0: talk a little bit about transportation and traffic that's an issue that uh, on a regional basis you've gotten more and more involved in as as the county's representative on the MTC and talk a little bit about that so uh, we hear a lot about, uh, well, two levels of
1: transportation, if you will, the traffic, which is an issue, and um, and again, it's uh, it, part of the issue is just jobs. I mean, we uh, there's those who want to attribute it to visitors, but if you did the, the headcount as the, the bitners did in, in a survey, uh, you find that it's just us we're we're going to our work we're going to the doctor we're going to lunch we're going to different things and so uh, a lot of that traffic is us going to earning a living and and living out our lives and so uh, again the product is success and um, so we can be innovative and we need to to try and figure out how to move more people creatively Uh, but we're probably, as long as we have success, are probably gonna have those traffic challenges and we'll just need to look at more creative things like carpooling and other things to help minimize the pain, if you will, of getting from here to there. Uh, The other part of that is roads, uh, just the condition of roads. And so again, uh, Measure T is uh, on its way. Uh, We've had uh, the state and federal government have just been dismal in providing funding, the state especially, uh, most recently. And uh, our state electeds need to be held more accountable. Uh, We really need to push the button on that one to start getting some state funding for roads. Uh, And this is a statewide issue, not just uh, Napa, because that's part of the reason our roads are in such bad shape. Um, And... uh, And soon we'll, you know, Measure T will kick in and and, uh, we'll have the revenues, at least the county will have the revenues to to maintain county roads. I just always need to clarify, most of the roads in District 2 are city roads. And no, the city islands, uh, the county islands within the city are not in more shape. In fact, the roads themselves (laughs) are in reasonably good shape. It's the fact that they don't have sidewalks because they were built in the 1940s. Uh, is a bit of a problem and their lighting is poor and and we need to I believe uh, there's something that we should be able to do about improving the lighting in those areas Um, but and I don't mean to fault the city because they're in the same boat uh, in terms of funding but you know trower roads terrible and 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 those are those are city issues Um, And I guess what I can say is the city and the county worked together well, again, uh, getting measure T passed uh, so that now the flood control uh, half-cent sales tax will transfer and will be a road uh, service tax uh, in a couple years.
0: Mm -hmm. Talk about uh, things that need money. Uh, Your thoughts about the jail and uh, how that's going to play out right now. So the jail uh,
1: is needed. Um, And there's, I guess, some of the mind that think that if the jail went away, then we just wouldn't have prisoners and they don't don't realize that, <laughs> that 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 would create a problem and and you know one story where it kind of frightened me was uh, a story of a friend who said uh, that they had a friend who was walking in front of Veterans Park and then uh, was essentially beat up by some people there and then when uh, a police officer showed up he sort of dismissed it like there was nothing he could do about it now I don't know the ins and outs of that story whether they were there was like they just had no ability to an eyewitness or something, but what concerned me is, well, what if we had no place to put somebody like that? What if our jail was at absolute maximum capacity, and somebody who just beat up somebody else, we just simply had to release because there was nothing else we could do? And and that's a situation we just can't allow ourselves to get into, and so... Our current jail um, is at capacity. We're already doing very creative things in terms of monitored release and and those uh, lower risk offenders that we can sort of allow out and and monitor them and keep them within a certain range of behaviors. Uh, We're doing and it's working, but we're at capacity. And what the state did in terms of moving felons uh, to the county to be housed uh, made it worse. The earthquake was just a very significant complication in the whole process. And the long story short is, is we need to get a new jail, uh, a jail that will help us do the kind of programming that uh, we've already demonstrated will reduce recidivism. That is uh, that fewer inmates will continue in a life of crime than what is normally the state average. We're at about a third of that right now with the program that we've got. But we need uh, room to do that. We need classrooms. We need uh, ways that people can visit with inmates um, and uh, provide the programs that are needed. We don't have that right now. We also need the ability to segregate inmates. There, there are some crowds that you don't want mixing with other crowds, just to put it simply. And, and we don't really have the freedom to do that. So the question whether we need a new jail is like absolute yes. And so then how do we get there? And so the half-cent sales tax measure Why? Uh, combines two ideas. One is the quarter cent sales tax that we believe is enough to do the kind of bonding that we're going a revenue bond to to do the jail. Uh, that's how we sized it. Uh, it'll be a jail that will isn't the the dream jail. It'll be sort of our middle choice of actually two facilities. We'll maintain the facility that's downtown, um, in, in at least a partial role, and then have a, a more significant facility out by Sire. Um, in addition to that, it, it's a general sales tax, so all this is at the discretion of a future board. But uh, we also uh, recognize that uh, child uh, well-being, and particularly early childhood uh, development, is a, is a critical uh, aspect of um, developing citizens who are less likely to commit crimes. So there seemed to be a nexus with that. So this quarter cent sales tax is, uh, is a 10-year tax. It'll disappear in 10 years. Uh, so it's a one-time source of funds, uh, we believe it's enough revenue to to do the jail that we need to do, um, and there may be some additional revenue if, if sales taxes is better than what we would projected, or if other sources of funds arrive uh, from the state uh, to help us out, that we could then use that for some uh, child well-being programs. So uh, definitely in support of that.
0: And talking about things that are uh, going to be on the ballot coming up soon, the... Uh forest woodland cutting down trees and uh, well they're, they're all and and getting it. signatures for
1: that we'll see yeah. if that gets on the ballot or not um yeah so I, that's one of those that i think we've been there and done that uh in fact i think chris malin was the initiator of both of those um now uh, uh, what 10 or 12 years ago uh, we had the streamside setback ordinance which would have well actually did i guess uh, take away uh, many of the property rights of people who were uh, near streams, even blue line streams, that, those are streams that are basically gullies except when it rains. Um, and uh, the citizens in Napa said that was too much and, uh, and rebuffed that, uh, had uh, um, a referendum and, and essentially undid that decision, which I supported because again, uh, I felt it took property rights with no particular benefit because we have erosion control plans which already protected that. Now that, however, uh, raised the ire of the property rights individuals and the land stewards were formed. Uh, George Batchick and, and uh, yeah, Mike Rodriguez and others, uh, you know, got galvanized. And, uh, and now they got created the takings initiative that said any action of the board that restricted property to any degree required compensation. And, of course, that would have unraveled most of our uh, land use protections and i had to oppose that so i was their hero one year and then i was their villain the next year but that was again uh you know just going too far the other direction and so i think in that example it shows really how important balance is uh, in terms of looking at the community's interest what's fair to a property owner but was also needed in terms of the community's longer-term interest and finding the proper balance and and I think this uh, uh, woodland initiative is falls in that same camp that it's really not needed, uh, that it's going to be injurious to a handful of people, which would be unfair because I believe our erosion control processes uh, and you know do a very good job of looking at the kinds of issues that are identified, uh, woodland protections and and habitat protections. It's it's very well studied, as you know, eight years, four million dollars later on 200 acres of, of development, um, you know, it's studied to death, and so. It's not needed. It will affect people's property rights. Um, it will essentially say that uh, open space is more important than agriculture. And I don't think that's a message that we want. And if it went through, I think there would be a backlash.
0: And and finally, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because it came up, I think it was at one of your meetings and one of the board meetings, somebody's starting to talk about that very idea. I mean, the county has always operated on the idea of agriculture being the highest and best use of the land, and all of a sudden you're starting to hear people, albeit on the fringes, come up and say, well, maybe open space should be. It shouldn't be yeah. agriculture. I mean, that that's a fundamental discussion that, that people have been raising that, that we've never heard before Well, to that extent.
1: and and uh, And I just you know, just have to step back and remind people there's about, four out of about 500,000 acres that make up Napa County, 45,000 acres are in vineyards, uh, roughly 10%. Um, that's what makes Napa Valley a world-renowned uh, destination, is those 45,000 acres. It's, it's not really a lot of acreage, and it's all, for the most part, on the valley floor. Um, and that's why, you know, it's, it's very important that we protect it. So that leaves you another 400,000 acres of open space. Um, And so I think that's great. And I think, uh, but, and I, you know, even based on our current pace, I doubt if we're gonna see another, even 5,000 acres of new vineyards anywhere in this county. It's just very difficult by example, uh, the wall ranch to get anything permitted. Um, So I don't think there's a real threat. I, I just don't see many vineyard, new vineyards being planted. Uh, that just running the process the way we do will appropriately review them and make sure that uh, all the concerns and impacts are addressed. Uh, I don't think it's broken, if you will. And I don't think uh, there's any danger of us losing any significant amount of open space. And so um, on the contrary, you know, I've been a big supporter of Parks and Open Space District, which is creating more and more access to our open space, creating new trails so that more and more people can enjoy it. So I just want to be clear. I value our open space. I just don't see uh, new vineyard development as being a threat, and I don't think we have to have this fight.
0: Napa County Supervisor Mark Luce, I thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you.